Thank you for listening to the Giving Light Podcast. We are a family church and world outreach center. Our heart is to empower you to walk in true freedom and equip you to impact your world. Please visit our website at givinglight.org to learn more about us and our many resources, including original music by Brave Music, e-courses for leaders, tools for raising powerful kids, and more. If you would like to support Giving Light financially, visit our Give Online page to choose the best giving method for you. Thanks again for joining us and enjoy this message. Well, bless the Lord. I'm glad to be here. I'm glad you're here with us through the uh, through your computer or whatever. I just uh, I just decided, you know, uh, through these um, through the quarantine or social distancing or wh- whatever you want to call it, I've decided not to waste it. What do you mean you've decided not to waste it? Well, I've decided not to binge on uh, Downton Abbey or some other program. I've decided to uh, I've decided to binge on Jesus, to binge on to binge on the Holy Spirit, to binge on God the Father. And uh, to me, what this thing has done, it has br- has drawn me closer, closer to the Lord and. Um, I just hope you're not uh, taking this time just to to waste it. I believe God God can take anything, you know. The, and we know the scripture where we are familiar with it uh, that God can cause all things to work together for our good when we love Him and we're called according to His purpose. Well, there's another scripture that says where sin abounds or where bad things abound, grace does much more abound. Well, what is that grace? What's grace mean? God's unmerited favor, uh, God's riches at Christ's expense. Well, really, grace also means this. It means God's divine enablement. God enables us to be able to cause good things to come out of bad situations. And uh, I was... um, just actually, uh, yesterday, a thought came to me. You know, the scripture says this. It says, uh, Jesus says, as the Father sent me, even so send I you. And he also said, the works that I do shall you do also, and greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Well, a lot of times when we think of the works of Jesus, we think about praying for the sick, seeing the miraculous, uh, raising the dead, walking on water, uh, feeding the multitude. Well, that's all part of it. But the reality is, is there was a work before all of that happened. You know that Jesus would get up, get up long before dawn, and he would spend hours with the Heavenly Father. And then he would spend, uh, then the rest of the day, he would spend moments with people. You know, he didn't spend hours trying to cast demons out of people. He didn't spend hours trying to uh, cause the blind to see. He spent hours with God the Father in prayer. And because of that, he was able to spend moments with God because Jesus said, I only do those things I see the Father do. Well, how did he see it? He saw it when he was in prayer. He saw what God 
he saw what God wanted to do for that particular day, or when he got into the situation, God showed him that, you know, the ministry, Jesus had a ministry on earth besides the miracles, and he has a ministry now, and I believe that God wants us involved in that ministry. And that ministry is this, he, uh, Jesus would pray. You know, Jesus prayed for Peter. He says, Peter, Satan has desired to sift you as wheat, but I have prayed for you. I prayed for you. Wouldn't that be nice to have Jesus pray for you? Well, the reality is, is he is praying for you even at this moment. You know, Jesus, the scripture says that Jesus ever lives to make intercession for us. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is involved in prayer? The Bible says this in uh, Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says, Likewise, the Spirit helps our infirmities, for we know not what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Well, the thought came to me quickly. Uh, you know, why does God need to pray? Because the Holy Spirit is God. Jesus is God. But the Bible says that Jesus laid aside, he was still God, but he laid aside his ability to do what he could do as God so that he could live as a man, so that he could live like you and I, so that you and I could do what Jesus also did through the power of the Holy Spirit. But the reality is, is Jesus himself spent hours in prayer. And I believe that that is something that we need to involve ourselves in also. I want to talk today about, uh, about the Holy Spirit assisting us in prayer. If you want to give this a title, it's getting heaven's response. You know, a lot of times people are getting hell's response. You know, they're getting hell's, they're getting hell's response. They're getting the they're getting sickness, they're getting disease, they're getting lack, they're getting poverty. They're getting all of, all of the things that hell has to offer, but the reality is heaven has to offer things also. Jesus said, pray thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There is no sorrow in heaven. There is no death in heaven. There is no uh, fear in heaven. God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and love and sound mind. So what is getting heaven's response? Is getting what heaven has for us here on earth. And it's not only getting for us. You know, Jesus in his prayer time wasn't praying for himself. Now we know he did in the garden. But the reality is, is most of the time he was spending it with the Father, having intimate time and fellowshipping with the Father, but it was also interceding for those that he was going to minister to today, or at, the, at that day. And the reality is, is he's ever living to make intercession for you. You say, Lord, I want to, Lord, I want a ministry just like you. And, he, and if, he, if you pray that, and you start waking up at three in the morning, and you say, what's wrong with me? The problem is, is that you've asked Jesus to, uh, to give you his ministry, and his ministry, first of all, was prayer. So we're going to talk about the, uh, the Holy Spirit assisting us in prayer, getting heaven's response, and using the Word of God in prayer. Do you know that 
Do you know that there were people in the Old Testament that prayed the Word of God? There were people in the New Testament. I'm just going to give you a quick example. You know, uh, Daniel, uh, had Dan, Israel had been in captivity for 70 years. For 70 years, and Daniel was reading a, a prophecy given by Jeremiah, and Jeremiah said that the, that the captivity was going to last 70 years. Well, Daniel realized that the 70 year was 70 years was, was about completed. So what he did was he didn't sit back and say, "Oh boy, we're getting out of here." No, the reality is is he took the word of God and started praying it, started reminding God and not only reminding God but breaking down the powers of hell so that God's will could come to pass. So he prayed, uh, he, uh, Daniel prayed Jeremiah's prayer. We also see in, um, in, in Acts, in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John were arrested for preaching in the name of Jesus. They were, they were also arrested for healing a man in the name of Jesus. Can you imagine getting arrested for healing somebody that had been crippled all their lives? Well, they were arrested and then, uh, and once they were let go, they went back to the church. You know, when you get in problems, that's what you need. You need to get, you need to get with the church. So they went back to the church, and you know what? They started praying, and they were praying Acts chapter 2. They didn't just pray just whatever was on their mind. They took the Word of God and began to pray it, began to remind God, and God and God empowered them. The Bible says that, that when they were finished play, uh, praying, the Bible says the place that they were at shook, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, I'd like to read to you. Well, one thing, uh, I also want to say this before, before we go on. This is a time, you know, not the social distance from God. This is a time to draw near to God. God said, if you draw near to me, I will draw near to you. What's it mean, draw near? Draw near means I want to get close to you. Reminds me of a song. Uh, probably most of you don't remember, uh, but uh, there was a song that says, just like me, they long to be close to you. The reality is, the old people are going to understand that, but but when we realize who God is, we, when we realize his love, when we realize the benefits that we have, we draw near to him and he draws near to us. You know, some people have this, this view of God that God is just some distant thing. And he, you know, every time we try to get close to him, he kind of pulls back. But the reality is, is he doesn't pull back. He, as you are drawing near to him, he's drawing near to you. He's coming close to you. As a matter of fact, uh, God is actually seeking you. When you. Even before you started seeking God, God started seeking you, and he's still seeking you. He's still drawing near to you. But in Romans chapter uh, 8 and verse 31, it says this. It says, what shall we say to these things? Well, because of time, I didn't write down uh, the previous scriptures. But what he was talking about is God was, God's plan is to make us just like Jesus. God's plan is to make you just like Jesus in character, in love, in power, in ministry. Ministry first in prayer, 
ministry then in power. But he also wants us to be like him in character. But he says, what shall we say to these things? If God be for us, who can be against us? You know, that's enough to drive fear right out the door. If God be for us, who can be against us? He that spared not his own son, but delivered him up for us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Freely give us. You know, God, is give, God wants to give you more than you're even asking for. God wants to give you everything that is going to cause you to be just like Jesus. I mean, isn't it your desire to be like Jesus? I mean, you know, you don't want to, what do you want? I mean, you have the nature, the likeness, the character of God. You should desire the things that God desires. And the things that God desires is going to be a benefit to you. You know, the best place to be is right in the center of the will of God. You might say, well, you know, I'd rather do this and I'd rather do that. You know, there was a period in my life when I was doing what I thought was great. But the reality is it's, it was when I came to Christ, is when I yielded myself to him, that life began to get better. Hallelujah. And also in Romans chapter 2, Romans chapter 2 and verse 3, are you ready for this? How do I get close to the Lord? He says this, and what he says, and do you think this, O man, you who judge you who judge those practicing such things and doing the same thing, that thou shalt escape judgment, the judgment of God. You know, you can't become like Christ when you're judging people, when you're condemning people. Actually, a better word would be condemning because God does want us to judge things. He wants us to judge things, but the Bible does not, Jesus does not want us to condemn people. Jesus came into the world to seek and to save that which was lost. As a matter of fact, God did not, God, uh, God, for, uh, what is John 3, 16? For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. Well, if you want to be like Jesus, then you're not going to have that accusing, condemning spirit. You might say, well, you know what? They're not living right. You know, you never did live right. And if you're judging people, you're not living right either. So you might want to think about that. But anyway, it goes on in verse 4. It says, or do you despise the riches of his goodness? And forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God brings men to repentance. It's the goodness of God. What drew you to Jesus? You might say, Well, I was afraid of going to hell. Well, in the back of that, it's the goodness of God because He gave you a way to escape it. So it's the goodness of God that draws men to repentance. You know, that might be the way to get people, but we don't want to keep them in that kind of fear. We want to get them to draw into love because it's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. You know, you might, you might want to think about that. We might want to think about this. You know, if you're kind to your neighbor, they might be a little more responsive to Jesus. They might be a little more responsive. If you might be, if you're kind to your 
So some of your relatives, they might be, you know, they might be a little, uh, a little more receptive to Jesus. You know, uh, I was raised in a family where, you know, we, um, we had like, we were sent to church, basically. But, uh, you know, we had no, we had no Christ-likeness hardly in our family at all at home. But you know what? It was the goodness of God. You know, I went, uh, I got, uh, once I got out of the Navy, I got uh, saved, filled with the Spirit. And I started sharing the goodness of God with my family. You know, and there were several of them that came. And, and they came and they gave their lives to the Lord. I got, I got a call the other day. It just was an encouragement to me. You know, uh, 40 years ago, I had a Bible study in Kansas City. I'd just gotten out of Bible school. And my brother, uh, on this phone call, my brother was telling me that there was this, there was this, actually at that time, she was a young woman. But uh, she, uh, she was just rebellious. She, you know, but she came to this Bible study, and I was preaching on healing and that sort of thing. And my brother told me, uh, called me up, and he said, you know, I ran into her, you know, and she saved her husband's saved, her kids are saved, her grandkids are saved, and he said they're just all joyous for the Lord. You know, that was a real, real encouragement to me because sometimes you think, well, have I ever really done anything? But it was, it was, uh, it's just great to see what God does. You know, I mean, that person, that person didn't even look like they were receiving, receiving what I was saying, but apparently she was moved by the goodness of God. It's the goodness of God that brings men to repentance. So what we want to talk about too is praying the word of God aided by the Holy Spirit. It's not just enough to just to repeat words. We need the power of the Holy Spirit to empower our words. In John chapter 16 and verse 12, Jesus says this, he says, I have many things to say unto you, but you cannot receive them now. Have you ever thought, well, why just doesn't God just tell me? God might say, well, I have many things to tell you, but you're not able to receive it. Is your heart open? Are you willing, are you willing to sacrifice what it takes to receive? You say, well, hey, man, I don't have to sacrifice Jesus has done all the sacrificing for me. Well, that's true. He paid for your redemption, but there are also sacrifices. How many of you know that uh, Jesus didn't? Uh, uh, Jesus was asked about his disciples not fasting, and Jesus said this. He said, "He said, when I am gone, my disciples will fast." You, how many of you know that fasting is a sacrifice? He didn't say. He didn't say that maybe they would fast. He said, when I'm gone, they will fast. Just a thought. But he says, I have many things to say unto you, but you're not able to receive them. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. Uh, the Holy Spirit wants to guide you step by step into the amount of truth that you're able to receive. He says, you might say, well, hey, you know, you know, he is too, but he's not doing it now. 
You know, maybe you, uh, maybe you received the truth, but you didn't follow the truth. And so we've got to follow the truth that God has given us, and, and, uh, and God will give us more. He goes on to say this. He says, for he shall speak, he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. He will show you things to come. You know, that's one good reason to get into prayer, because when you get into prayer and your heart is, is open to the Holy Spirit, God is going to show you things to come. God does, God does not want you unaware of what's going to happen in your life. He will show you things to come. The Holy Spirit says, He will glorify me, for He shall receive of mine and show it unto you. All things that the Father has are mine. Jesus says, everything God has is mine. Therefore, I said, I will take of mine and show it unto you. Can you imagine? Jesus has everything that God has, and Jesus wants to show it to you, and he's going to do it through the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is a spirit of truth, and the Holy Spirit and God responds to truth. Do you know that the Holy Spirit, that God does not respond to lies. God does not respond to emotionalism. God responds to truth. Thank you, Jesus. So we need the Holy Spirit in our prayers to get us to receive heaven's response. I want to receive heaven's response. So we want to pray the will of God. In 1 John chapter 5 and verse 12, the scripture says, He that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. He goes on to say, These things I have written unto you that believe. You know, if you want to, I'm going to do this myself. and I've done it before, but I just need a refresher on it. We need to read through the book of John or the Gospel of John, and look at how many times, or underline how many times the word believe is used. Well, uh, the, the author of 1 John is the same guy that wrote the Gospel of John. And so he's still using that same word. He says, these things I have written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. And this is the confidence. You know what? If you're praying and you don't have confidence, you need to ask God to, to give you confidence. Well, how am I going to get confidence? You need to believe what God says. That's where confidence comes. He says, and this is the confidence that we have in Him, that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. Hey, how am I going to know if I'm praying the will of God? Well, the Holy Spirit, Jesus just said the Holy Spirit is going to reveal the things of God. So as I'm connected with the Holy Spirit in my prayers, he's going to reveal to me the things of God. Now I have confidence so that when I pray, I know that God hears me. Oh, hallelujah, God hears me. But that's not just that's not all. He goes on to say in verse 15, and if we know he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petition that we desire of him. That's the reason we have confidence, because we know he hears us, because we're praying the will of God, and we know that when he hears us, I have the petition. I have the answer to my prayer. I think a lot of times people don't pray because they don't think they're going to get an answer to prayer. 
But the reality is, and I'm going to be talking about more in prayer in the future, but the reality is, is God, God desires to give you more than you're even asking for. Sometimes we limit God. I, I saw a book one time. I read it, but I can't, re- I can't remember what was in the book, but I'll never forget the cover of the book. It had Jesus with his hands behind his back, all bound up with ropes. And it was talking about us, uh, it was talking about us binding God's hands. Well, how do we bind God's hands? It's when we don't pray. When we don't pray, when we don't pray according to the will of God, when we don't listen to the Holy Spirit, when we don't hear what he's trying to, where he's trying to lead us. God wants to lead us into a place. But, you know, the scripture says, Beloved, I wish above all things that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Did God just say that just to fill pages? No, he really means it. He wants you to prosper. He wants you to be in health. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Do you know that the Holy Spirit is waiting? God's waiting on us. God's waiting on us. If, you, if you're familiar, you could turn to uh, Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form and void. You know, sometimes, what's void means empty. You know, you say, well, you know, I know people's lives are empty. Well, God set you in their lives so that you could so that you can begin to pray in a way that's going to bring the Holy Spirit to bring fullness into their lives. He says, And the earth was without form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the water. What that means is like a hen sitting on the eggs, just waiting for them to hatch. And the Bible says this, it says, And God said, let there be light. And immediately when that happened, light came. And the Spirit responded to the word. Do you know that God, that the Holy Spirit is waiting on us to speak the will of God so that he can move into action, so that he can bring light into dark situations? You know, this prayer... You know, it's not wrong to pray for yourself, but we've got to get beyond just praying for ourselves and believing to speak light into into a dark world, believing to speak uh, boldness into a world filled with fear, believing to speak order into chaos. You know, I don't know if you realize it or not, that there's a lot of chaos going on, and God wants to bring order to the chaos. And he's waiting, he's waiting for us to respond. You know, the Bible says that we are co-laborers with Christ. What's that mean, co-laborer? That means God, we are laboring with God to bring his purpose, to bring his will to pass. You say, oh, that sounds like a big responsibility. Well, you know what? If we don't pray, it ain't going to happen. Nothing will happen. And then somebody will come along and say, I wonder why God didn't do this. Well, sometimes it's because we have not, we have not taken the time to respond uh, to the Spirit of God. We want heaven's response. What is heaven's response? It's what's in heaven now to become on earth now. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Well, I'm not going to read it, but uh, and I already mentioned it, but in Acts chapter 4, verse 25, uh, Peter and John had gotten in trouble with the Sanhedrin. They had preached in the name of Jesus. They had healed a man in the name of Jesus. And they were threatened, and they, would let, they were let go. They went back to the church. It's a good place to go when, you get in, when you're in trouble, to go back to the church. And God says in his word, he wants us to put him in remembrance of his word. And they started praying Acts chapter 2, as I already mentioned. Thank you, Jesus. They started praying that. Well, and I've already mentioned how. I've, praise God, I've already mentioned some of the things that are in my notes, so I don't have to go over them. We talked about Daniel praying from the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah, you know, he, Jeremiah had told, the, uh, had told the people of God, he said, you're going to be in captivity for 70 years. And Daniel saw that, and he started praying the will of God. And it's amazing, things started happening. Do you know a king, a heathen king, a heathen king actually paid for the rebuilding of the temple. Can you imagine a heathen king? God, you know, we talk, uh, there's a scripture that says that the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just. Well, that heathen king followed that scripture even before it was written. The, the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the just, and that heathen king paid for the rebuilding of the temple. Hallelujah. You know, maybe God's got something for you to do, and you're wondering, where's it going to come from? Where am I going to get the money? Well, maybe some heathen or some heathen king is going to fund you. Hallelujah. That's good. I might start praying that myself. I didn't think about that until just now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. See what I'm telling, talking about? You're praying, praying with the Holy Spirit and getting heaven's response. Amen. So one of the things about prayer is prayer has to glorify God. It's not just about meeting our needs, but it's about glorifying God. But if, if God is meeting your needs, it will glorify God. He says in Psalm 50, verse 14, he says this, Offer unto God thanksgiving, not just on November 25th. That's thanksgiving. Offer unto God thanksgiving. You know, prayer is incomplete without thanksgiving. You say, but I ain't got it yet. Well, that's where your faith steps in. Faith, faith moves before you get the answer. So you're giving thanks, and then, oh, we missed this one. It says, and pay the vows, and pay your vows unto the Most High God. Have you ever said, God, if you get me through this, I'll do, I'll serve you. <laughs> That's why I'm standing here today. Several times I said, God, if you help me in this situation, I will serve you. Well, that's not the only reason, but... Uh, well, actually, my grandmother, she used to talk to me about Jesus, and she said, Stephen, I want you to promise me you're going to be a man in the church. And I said, I promise, I promise. Well, I had to fulfill my vows. You know, you might, well, you might wonder, well, God's not answering my prayers. Have you fulfilled your vows? 
You say, well, you know, we're under grace. You still made those vows under grace. And you need to fulfill your vows. Now, if it's something you can't do, that's another thing. You know, sometimes we say things that are just beyond us. But, you know, if you said you're going to serve God, you need to serve God. Thank you, Jesus. But he says, uh, again, he says, offer unto God thanksgiving. Pay your vows unto the Most High. And call upon me in the day of trouble, and I will deliver thee, I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. So can you see that when you pray and God answers your prayer, it brings glory to God? Thank you, Jesus. So, and uh, I'll just go here too. Prayer, uh, praise is also a prayer that glorifies God. Psalm 50, verse 23, whoso offers praise glorifies me. You know, praise is actually prayer also because prayer is communicating with God. So he says, whoso offer praise glorifies me and to him who orders his conversation. All right, well, that's in the King James his conversation, but whoever orders his, con- his life to be lived by the will of God is what it means. I will show the salvation of God. In other words, I can't live the pagan life and get the blessings of heaven. You say, well, you know, I've been born, I was born a Christian. You were not born a Christian. You made a decision. You might, have, you might have followed Christ at an early age. But you know, some people that have made a decision for Christ have slipped. But God says, if you order your conversation right, you're going to see the salvation of God as you're offering praise. And then he goes on with this uh, in Romans chapter 10, verse 13. This is very important. When we pray the name of God, God hears. But what is praying the name of God? It's praying the character of God. You know that God didn't reveal to Adam everything? You know that he didn't reveal to Abraham everything? God, there's so much about God. God had to over the centuries, reveal himself a little bit at a time. But the scripture says in Romans chapter uh, 10, verse 13, it says this, he says, Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The name of the Lord revealed the character of God. So every, every name that God revealed in the Old Testament, he revealed his very nature. He revealed his character. He revealed what he was going to do for them. And so I have here, uh, in closing, seven redemptive names. If you, uh, we're going to be taking communion. If you would like to get your stuff, your uh, elements, please do that. But he says this, every time God revealed his name, he was revealing his character, okay? And God, you know, there's more more names, but I just wanted to give you seven today 
There were seven redemptive names that point to the continuous increasing self-revelation of God, God revealing himself. Okay, the first one, I really love this. I like them all. But it's Jehovah Shammah. Well, Jehovah, first of all, means the self-existing one. God doesn't need anybody to exist. He is all, he is all in all. But it's Jehovah Shammah. What does Jehovah Shammah mean? It means the Lord is there or the Lord is present. Jesus said, I will be with you always. There's a scripture I like in Hebrews it says, um, it says, he has said, I will never leave you nor forsake you, that we may boldly say, the Lord is our helper. We will not fear what can men do unto us. When you realize that God's with you, when you realize that he is all-powerful, when you realize that he's for you and not against you, if God be for you, who can be against you, then you should have confidence and boldness. So that's Jehovah Shammah, the Lord is there or the Lord is present. Well, anyway, so we know that God is for us. We know that God is with us, and we know that God is in us. He never leaves us nor forsakes us. Here's another one. Love this. Jehovah Shalom. Jehovah Shalom. Well, that's the God of peace. Well, I'm not going to do it, but we used to, when I was a kid, uh, they used to have a peace sign, but really the peace sign is supposed to represent up to the down cross. So we won't do that. But everybody walk around and say, peace, man, peace. You know, make, uh, anyway. <laughs> so, Jehovah Shalom. Shalom means peace. And the peace that God is talking about here is not just an inward feeling. Peace means to be safe, to be well, to be happy, to be friendly, friendly with God, friendly with others. It means good welfare, it means good health, it means prosperity, peace, good health, and to be at peace. It also means that inward, uh, inward um, feeling of peace. But peace also, we, we see from uh, Romans chapter 5, it says, Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace. With God, we don't have to worry about whether we're right with God or not because God says, you have peace with me. Also, Jehovah Reah means the Lord my shepherd. All right, the Lord my shepherd. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd, and the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. But you could also read the 23rd Psalm, which we're not going to do at this time. But the first, the first verse says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I shall not want. Well, want what? You shall not want for anything. Hallelujah. Think about that. Selah. Think about that. There's Jehovah Jireh. What's that mean? The Lord will provide. The Lord will provide. Basically, uh, the, uh, the original intent of this is the Lord's going to provide the sacrifice. And Abraham realized that when God told him to sacrifice his son. And when he was getting ready to do it, God said, don't, Abraham. 
and then God provided the lamb. But the reality is that if God's going to provide the lamb, he's also going to provide everything else. Also, Jehovah Nisi. Jehovah Nisi. I used to really, what's, what's that mean? What's that mean? It means the Lord, our captain, the Lord, our banner. But I really got a revelation from it. The, the first thousand years of the church, the main message was um, Christos Victor. What's that mean? Christ the victor. Christ was the victor over death. Christ was the victor over demons. Christ was the victor over sickness. Christ was the victor over everything. Hallelujah. So Jehovah Nisi, the Lord our banner. Thank you, Jesus. There's Jehovah Sidkenu, the Lord our righteousness. And also Jehovah Rapha. And what's Jehovah Rapha means? It means the Lord my physician. We know that that was paid for with by his stripes. We are healed. And lastly, the scripture says in Mark chapter 16, in my name, in my name, in the name of Jesus, that's how important the name is, in the name of Jesus, we'll, you'll cast out demons, you'll speak with new tongues, you'll take up serpents, and if you drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt you. You shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover in his name, in his name. Well, Jesus, uh, you know, I want to be as biblical as possible. I don't even say this is an element. Jesus took a piece of, Jesus took the bread and he said, this is my body. So that's what I'm going to say. I'm not going to try to figure it out. I'm not going to try to say, well, it's transubstantiation or whatever. Jesus just said, this is my body. And he broke it. And he said, and the Bible talks about that through the broken body of Christ, we receive healing. So, Father, we thank you right now in the name of Jesus, Lord God, for the body of Christ, the broken body of Christ that was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes, we are healed. We gladly receive it in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, before I quit Facebook, I uh, posted something on my page, <laughs> but um, it was it was titled "Using the Blood of Jesus as a Weapon," and you know the Scripture says they overcame him. They being us, overcame him. Who's him? Him is Satan by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. Well, what you know, if you think about that, how do we overcome Satan with our testimony? These scriptures I'm going to give, or these, conf these confessions I'm going to say, we're saying to him to remind him of his defeat. So if you'll say this with me, through the blood of Jesus... I am redeemed out of the hand of the devil. Through the blood of Jesus, all my sins are forgiven. Through the blood of Jesus, 
is uh, I am continually cleansed of all sin. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm justified, made righteousness, just as if I'd never sinned. Through the blood of Jesus, I'm sanctified, I'm made holy, and I'm set apart for God. Through the blood of Jesus, I am near to God. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Redeemed, cleansed, and sanctified by the blood of Jesus. The devil has no place in me, and he has no power over me. So, Father, we celebrate the cup of the Lord, the cup of the new covenant, the blood of Jesus, Lord God, that not only cleanses us, but continually cleanses us and gives us power over our adversary. In Jesus' name, we thank you and praise you for it. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We, th- we celebrate. I remember singing a song years ago. Come up, Katie. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus that washes white as snow. God bless you and hope to see you soon. <laughs>